Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Good morning, everybody. Um, as Mark said, uh, this is actually the third of four, um, four talks about spiritual disciplines, but I've kind of renamed them Holy Habits um, because I've really been looking at just maybe some little things that we can do to help us build some habits in our lives um, that will enable us to develop our relationship with God. And um, I think I said a couple of, uh, maybe in the first one or the second one, something about that the, um, the ones, the focus topics that I've taken for these four are really what I think are the baseline um, spiritual disciplines or habits. Um, and certainly was, that was affirmed to me when I, years ago, was reading a biography by F.B. Meyer uh, about F.B. Meyer and his life where, where he said as well that, you know, if you've got nothing else going on in terms of um, spiritual disciplines, make sure you've got these three. Uh, that you're praying, reading the Bible, and meditating on God's Word. So that's really why um, weeks two, three, and four are on those three things. And in the first week, I spoke a little bit just about um, having a daily time with God. Um, So that's where we're picking up today, is looking at this uh, particular topic of just reading God's Word. So um, maybe fairly basic in many respects. Um, But I want to start by returning to uh, where I've, I've kind of been the last couple of times with a, a short passage from Exodus. Um, and it's really sort of been the underlying principle that I've been using in these talks, which is this principle of little by little, uh, because I don't think that God intends for us to go from, um, from zero to 100 in any of these sorts of um, habits in one step. I think that the experience of most of us as we walk this journey of faith is that it's little by little and we gradually, our faith grows as we seek after God. And this passage is from when uh, Moses is up on Mount Sinai and God's talking to him about when the Israelites go into the promised land. And I'm just going to, um, I'm not going to actually read the bit that's not in bold, um, but basically God is saying to Moses, look, what's going to happen is I'll go before you and each step of the way I'll send um, you know, fear ahead of you and, and the people, I'll remove the, the people who are there. But then down in that bold bit, he says, little by little, I'll drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. And so he actually says, I'm not going to give you the whole land at once. It's going to be step by step. It's going to be little by little. And he gives the reason for that. It's so that they can get stronger as they go, so that they're then in a position of strength to actually take possession of the full Uh, land that God has promised them. And so we've been using that idea of little by little in terms of our own lives and spiritual disciplines that we don't need to go from, in this case, never reading a Bible um, to to maybe reading it for three hours a day. But, you know, there might be a few little steps along the way that we can take to just increase the amount of God's word we um, we can be exposed to each day of our lives. And this morning, um, I'm not going to spend very long either on really providing some sort of treatise about why we should read God's Word. Uh, I'm going to take it as an assumption that if you're a believer, then that you probably already um, have a belief that you should be reading God's Word. And, and certainly there are lots of benefits to that. But I'll just do cover that very briefly um, with a short passage from one of my favourite psalms. I think all the psalms are my favourites, actually. Um, And that's from Psalm 19. And in Psalm 19, um, we have, you know, it starts, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, etc. But then David goes into this passage within the psalm where he talks about God's word. And he says the following. Um, He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, 
refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. So David's actually talking about law and statutes and precepts and commands and decrees there, which I suppose is a part of God's uh, word, but I'm, I'm generalising it and, and applying this to the whole of God's word, that the benefits we see there um, are quite great. Um, he tells us that the benefits really in that passage is that uh, God's law or God's word, because it is perfect and it's trustworthy and it's right and it's firm and it's righteous and it's more precious than gold and it's sweeter than honey, um, he actually is saying there's some pretty good reasons to read it. Uh, and I, I think when I remind myself of those things, especially in our world today, um, and compare it, you know, we see that so much of the information that we get in our world, I think, is the opposite. Um, what we consume in a lot of that information is actually imperfect. Uh, it's not at all trustworthy. In fact, it's riddled with lies oftentimes. It changes all the time according to fashions of opinions and whatever belief happens to be uh, in mode. Uh, oftentimes the information we consume is actually worthless. Uh, it's not, it doesn't last. Uh, it can even be bitter or sour rather than sweet. So it's a, it's a great contrast to some of the other information we can um, consume. But we're also reminded of the benefits here as well. I've just highlighted those bits. Um, that it actually refreshes our souls. It makes us wise. It gives us joy. It gives us light or enlightenment. Uh, it also warns us and it also gives us great reward. So there are great reasons um, and benefits for us to be uh, reading God's word. So I'm not really going to go much further into that. I really wanted to focus this morning um, as I've been trying to, I think, in the last couple as well, of these talks on really just looking at a few um, maybe practical ideas of how we can get more of God's word into our daily lives. And I'm going to talk about three things that I suppose have been my focus uh, in this over a long period of time, and that is um, how, do I, how do I read God's word for depth and make sure that I'm getting lots of deep reading um, and exposure to God's word? How do I read his word as well, though, for breadth so that I know about the whole of his word? And how do I, how do I make sure I'm reading the Psalms? Um, so they're my kind of three um, organisers, if you like, uh, for this morning's, talks, uh, this morning's talk. And I'm going to start by talking about um, this idea of reading for depth. I think it's very important as, as believers that we're reading God's word uh, not just for the sake of it, but to actually engage in it and to learn more about God. And I probably should say, because um, I have said this the last two times too, that we're not, this isn't about reading God's word just to say, tick, I can tick that off my list, I'm reading God's word, that's great. Um, it's, it's about exposing ourselves to, um, to God's thoughts and, and God's views and God's perspective so that we can actually grow in our faith uh, in him, but also get to know him more. And uh, so in order to do that, really it can't just be some sort of cursory um, glance-like sort of reading. We need to read for depth. And I think um, 
probably for a long time there's been quite a tradition, uh, particularly in the Western church, um, that we, we do read something in God's word. Most Christians would read a portion of God's word each day, um, particularly if they're having some sort of daily time with God. And that usually is a fairly small portion of his word. Uh, and the idea is that we read it and, um, and actually really look for the meaning in that, that piece of um, text that we read that day. In terms of reading for depth, I'm going to confess that I found it quite liberating um, and I found it much easier and more enjoyable to read for depth when I threw out reading using daily notes. Um, so I'm going to speak a little bit this morning about the pros and cons of using daily notes. And by daily notes, um, I, for a start, I know this could sound controversial, so for a start, I'm not, I'm not actually saying you shouldn't use them. I used them for many years um, and can still remember some certain things that, that came through those that I'm, I'm really grateful for. And I think, um, yeah, they, they serve a real purpose. So I'm not saying if you use daily notes, you shouldn't use them. Um, I'm saying they, that it was a good thing for me to stop using them. Uh, by daily notes, what I mean is some of those publications like um, Every Day with Jesus or Encounter with God or, or, or some of those sorts of ones that get published usually every couple of months or so, they have the date on each um, page of them. And they usually are set up so that there's a particular reading uh, passage for, for you to read that day. There'll then be a, a page, the rest of the page is usually some commentary uh, by whoever's written the notes. And then there might be something at the bottom like a, um, a, a single sentence prayer to pray or some further references or, or, or passages that could be explored. Um, so they are a really great uh, little structure, I think, for um, reading. And usually they take a topic or a particular book of the Bible so that there is that focus uh, in depth that you can follow as you go through them. So I used them for a lot of years, um, particularly when I was in my 20s, um, and found them helpful, I think, in really getting that routine happening, which was really good. Um, like I said, I found it quite liberating when I stopped using them, though. And the reason was, I, I think... They, for me, facilitated um, a bit of a, a sort of a mindset, I think, that can exist sometimes, that uh, reading God's word is just a matter of getting it done and ticking it off. And it was very easy to actually rush with those, um, easier than I find it now, uh, because what the temptation was, at least for me, and maybe I'm unusual, but I suspect not, um, was to, okay, what passage have I got to read this morning? Okay, I'd open my Bible, I'd read that passage through, hopefully pay attention, and then I'd go, okay, what are they saying about it this morning? And then I'd read those notes. And, oh, yeah, that's a good insight. Yep, that's really great. Oh, I need to think about that. Oh, but time's ticking away. I need to get on with the day. And so they kind of could help me a little bit, I think, to rush and not really engage with God personally. So um, there's a temptation, I think, sometimes with them to just go straight to the notes and not actually have that space between reading God's word and engaging with him with that before going to see what someone else wants to say about it. Um, so, um, like I say, if they're used properly, I think they're really, they can be really effective, but I know that oftentimes I didn't use them well. And the other thing I would find is that if I did miss a day for a particular reason, then, you know, because they're dated, there was the sense of all the time of being behind and then I had to catch up. And so there was kind of stress around that a little bit, which sounds a bit weird, I know. But, um, but that's why I, I think they need to be used with caution. So I've put my, I think I've put, 
I think the battery's gone, Sue. If you can just um, flick to the next slide. I've just put a few pros and cons up there. You can read them if you wish. Um, but I think, you know, certainly for depth, I think we've got other options. And so I would suggest that if, you've, if you're still using them um, and they're working for you, great. If you're also relating to some of those things I'm talking about, then you might want to try something different. And I just call it free form. And my free form is simply that usually I am praying to God about where are we going when we finish what we're doing now. And look, I don't think God really minds, to be honest, what we choose to do if we're, if we're engaging in his word. Um, he can use whatever that is. But I, I also believe he places desires on our hearts. And um, so usually by the time I get to the end of whatever I'm doing, I kind of already have something in, in mind that oh, I'd really like to read whatever it might be. So, um, a, you know, whether it's uh, studying the book of the Bible, whether it's doing a character study, whether it might even be um, picking up a topical study, a Christian book on a topical study and gradually working through that and, and reading the passages that pertain to that. Um, you know, there are all sorts of ways we can do it. Um, it doesn't quite have the structure, I suppose, of, of, of some sort of daily notes, but I think it opens up uh, a space for much greater depth of reading um, with God, or at least that's been my experience. Um, there are so many resources, of course, that we can avail ourselves of. Um, we're very, very, very blessed. Um, there's an abundance of them. And so um, it's just a case of, I guess, having a look and seeing what's out there and not feeling that we have to be locked into a particular structure when we read God's word. The other thing I really like about going a bit more freeform is the fact that it can take as long as it takes so I often, most of the time, am studying a book of the Bible uh, in my daily, daily mornings with God and trying to go deep into those. Um, and if it takes three months, it takes three. If it takes nine, it takes nine. There's no time pressure that the date's ticking on and I'm going to get behind. It can take as long as it takes. And it means that if I need to sit or feel I need to sit in a particular verse or passage or whatever for three weeks before moving on, um, then I can do that because God's still revealing things about that and it's a, it's a real blessing. So that's about reading for depth. I think it's important to find something that works for you and if that's daily notes, great. If it's um, something else, that's great too. Um, but I'm certainly happy to talk to you further if, if anybody wants to about some ideas if you want to go off script and go freeform and you're not currently doing that. That's reading for depth. The other aspect, of course, of reading the word is about reading for breadth. Um, I, I've quoted from Richard Foster's book a, a number of times, Celebration of Discipline. It's a bit of a classic that many people here have probably read. Um, and I remember uh, reading at one point when I was reading his book, it, he makes this comment about scripture. He says that one of the great needs among Christians today is simply the reading of large portions of scripture. Much of our Bible reading is fragmentary and sporadic. Um, and I think he makes a good point. And I think that was an, another frustration that I had was that, I, you know, where's the time come from? If I'm spending time each morning with God and I'm trying to go deep in his word, which I think is important if I really want to get to know him because that's where the intimacy comes, then um, how, do, how do I also do this? How do I also be reading big slabs of the Bible? Um, where, you know, when and how and, and how does that all work? Um, but I think he's right. I think we need to read not only for depth, 
but that we also need to read for breadth because unless we're reading the whole scope of the Bible, we often don't really know the grand narrative that it is and we often don't really see how the different parts link together. And so he, he gives suggestions like, um, you know, that um, just reading whole books of the Bible and he even gives the suggestion that you take a book of the Bible and you read the whole of that every day for a month. Um, I'm, I'm, you know... I admire that. <laughs> I have tried it and I've never managed to make it to the 31 days. Um, and of course, you want to pick a really short book if you're going to do that. But, you know, again, it's really hard when we're, when we're time poor to say, oh, wow, I might just read, you know, um, Isaiah every day for a month. That's 66 chapters long. You know, that, that's a pretty big commitment. Um, so it's a great idea uh, in theory in making it practical and making it work, I think, is really difficult. Um, but there are, and I know many people here have used them, there are a lot of reading plans of how to read through the Bible in a set period of time. Usually they're for a year. And there's tons of them out there, um, you know, all sorts of arrangements that you can do. The very first one I ever did, which was, again, I think back in my 20s, um, was Selwyn Hughes's one, Cover to Cover, which actually takes you chronologically through the Bible. So you're skipping around a lot within the, the different books of the Bible, but it means that you read it then chronologically, right, from what happened first to what happens last. Um, and that's really effective. Um, but I found that quite tricky um, with the flicking around because sometimes you're flicking to different books for one verse and then back again and things like that. But it is good to get the chronology of the Bible um, a bit clearer. Uh, you can go on to websites and, and apps and things too, of course, like Bible Gateway that I think a lot of people are aware of, um, where you can read all sorts of other reading plans. So, you know, I've put a couple up there on the slide about the Old Testament and, you know, reading the historical Bible in 90 days, etc., etc. So there's all sorts of plans that are available. Um, but the problem that I found was, you know, they're great plans. Um, you're still going to have time to do them. Um, and so oh, some years ago, I actually also just decided, oh, forget all these plans that I don't have time for. I'm just literally going to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation um, over the course of a year, one year, um, just on sort of, I don't know, wherever I could fit in a bit of extra reading time. And I actually found that probably more effective, to be honest, than, than trying to do it chronolo uh, chronologically. Um, but, you know, of course we can do those sorts of things, but it still comes down to time. So then um, some years ago I, I learned about a man called Robert McChain who was a Scottish minister in the 1800s, um, of course, because you know that I really like reading the stuff of people who are long dead. And um, he actually died when he was 29 years old. But like so many of those saints in those sorts of time periods who died young, they just leave this amazing legacy of, of ministry and work that you just go, how on earth did they achieve that by that time? So by the time he died at 29, he had actually put together a reading plan of the Bible. And his reading plan is, I think, really great. Um, it's a bit different from the others in that uh, you do read across the course of a year, if you follow it, you will read the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, and the Psalms twice in the year. Um, but the way that you do that is you actually are reading from four parts of the Bible at once, which sounds a bit weird when you first have a look at it. So for ex and it's, it's, it's linked to dates of the year. It must have been an amazing feat to put it together. So for example, if you were going to start it on January the 1st, you would actually be reading 
Genesis 1, Ezra 1, um, Matthew 1, and Acts 1. And you can probably see alignment there. That's an easy one to see alignment with because it's the big beginning, in the beginning um, of creation. It's the beginning of the Israelites returning to Jerusalem after the exile in Babylon. It's the beginning of the gospel and the Messiah coming um, in Matthew. And it's the beginning of the church, of course, in Acts. So you can see that there's that sort of um, alignment there. But it carries on throughout the rest of the year that you're reading from four different books um, at once. And it's quite remarkable. And I, I remember reading about that and seeing it and thinking, oh, that sounds pretty amazing. Oh, well, all I'll, I need to do is make sure that I'm just reading. It, it does roughly work out to about, usually it's four chapters a day um, of the Bible. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's what I'll do. I've got my daily time in the morning. That's great. A bit of depth there. And then just before I go to bed at night, all I've got to do is read four chapters of the Bible. And I, you probably, look, it sounds easy. Um, it's not easy. I think I lasted about three weeks and I just, it was unsustainable. I found it unsustainable because, you know, like you can imagine what happens if you skip a night. Now you've got eight chapters to read the next night or you skip two nights. I remember sitting down one night going, I've got 12 chapters of the Bible to read before I can go to bed. And I just went, and I was tired, you know, and you just go, oh, this is just... It, I found it too, too hard to fit into the day. Um, so unless you're using that as you're reading in, in your daily time, um, I found it very difficult. But I don't know, somehow it occurred to me, probably the Holy Spirit, because I would have been going, God, how am I going to do this? I can't do it. Um, I just thought, why don't I just listen to it? I don't have to read it. I could listen to it on audio. Everything is available on the internet now. Um, and I thought, and, and I don't think I can just sit down and listen. I'm just going to put it on while I'm doing something else. So I ended up sort of just developing a bit of a routine where I listen to it while I'm getting ready for work in the mornings. Um, and because it's too hard to switch between four different parts of the Bible on one morning while it's on audio and I'm, you know, putting makeup on or something... Um, I actually just tick off the bits as I go and it might mean that if it was, you know, the start of the year, I might be listening one morning to Genesis 1 and I'll just listen to wherever it gets up to that day uh, before I've got to go to work and turn it off and tick off those ones and then the next day I'll be listening to the next bit from Ezra and then the next bit from, you know, Matthew or whatever and I just keep the ticks going and then whatever one's furthest behind is the next one that I pick up the next morning. Um, so it's, there's no real science behind my little scheme. Um, but what's really remarkable about it is that I'm not even paying full attention. I will confess that. I'm often thinking about things I've got to get ready for the day. I um, might even turn the hairdryer on for a minute and don't hear it while that's happening. Um, I'll be thinking about other things at times. So it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's attentive listening. It's distracted listening at best. But it is remarkable how much sinks in. And it is remarkable how often um, there will be a verse that I might not even really be paying attention and a verse just jumps out and I notice it at that moment because I've gone, oh, I'm not really listening. And then I hear this verse and oftentimes, so many times beyond count, it has been a verse that I've already been thinking about or I've already read somewhere else that morning or the day before or I've heard on the radio it is amazing how often it will be the third of three times I'll hear a verse or an idea that will come up. It's just remarkable. Um, so God uses it, even though I'm a bit distracted and even though, um, you know, it's, it's probably it's not attentive reading. 
Um, the other thing I find amazing about it is that I don't actually do it on weekends because I don't have that work routine then. I don't do it on holidays. Many of you know I'm a teacher, so I, I have about 10 weeks of holidays a year. Uh, I don't do it in those 10 weeks when I have different routines. I don't do it on weekends. And yet every year without fail, I get through it easily, comfortably, by the time the year is up. So I'm on my, I've just started my seventh time round of McChain. Um, and I feel like, I feel a bit of a fraud even saying that because I feel like it's just been no effort. Um, it doesn't take up any time out of my day. Um, so if you're somebody who's looking for a way to get more breadth of, of that Bible story and, and God's word in your life, that might be something you want to pursue. Maybe that wouldn't work for you in the way it works for me, but there might be another way that something like that could work in your day-to-day -day kind of routine as well. I cannot recommend it more strongly or more highly um, because just going round and round and round in God's word like that um, wow, it's just amazing. And it means that I know every year. Um, I've also heard the Psalms twice and New Testament twice, which is, I feel like I get through the Old Testament quickly too, to be honest. It just seems so easy. So reading for breadth is, uh, depth is important. Reading for breadth, I think, is a wonderful, wonderful thing um, in understanding. It's not just about understanding God's word, of course. It's about understanding God and his ways, his will, his wisdom, um, as we go. So it's a wonderful thing to do. Um, I could talk about it all day, clearly. All right. Um, so the, the other thing just that I want to touch on today um, was what I mentioned before about reading for depth, reading for breadth, and reading the Psalms. And I want to put the Psalms in there because um, I love them um, so much. And, you know, they are our prayer book and they are our song book. And they were Jesus's prayer book and they were Jesus's song book. Um, and I've always loved them, but I've struggled at times um, with how do I get enough of them in my life? Uh, and I would read, you know, stories of people again, you know, back in days gone by who would, you know, read the book of Psalms every month and all this sort of thing. I think, oh my gosh, there's 150 of them. It's only 31 days in most months. How do you manage that? Um, and I haven't cracked that one, by the way. Um, but, you know, I would struggle with this. I really feel like I need to be reading the Psalms a lot and using the Psalms a lot. But hang on, where's the time come from if we're doing all these other things? Um, and so as, you know, as usual, I, I would just, I just ask God about these things, to be honest, because I find that usually he's far more creative. He's always more creative and, and he will have a way that things can just be integrated into the fabric of our lives without them necessarily being add-ons. Uh, and that's my constant challenge because most years I do, at the start of the year, I'm usually praying to God about, is there anything I need to do, change, um, whatever, in this area of spiritual disciplines? Is there something I need to um, learn uh, particularly? And, and by the way, God, do you remember that I don't have any more, more time in the day? Um, so I don't really want an extra thing. If, if there's something else, then can you show me a way that it can just be integrated into the fabric of the day? Uh, so that's the challenge. So with the Psalms, look, this is so basic, it's kind of ridiculous, and you're probably going to think I'm a fool that I didn't figure it out sooner. Um, but, you know, really, I just start each of my quiet times in the mornings with the next Psalm, uh, and I do that every day. Um, and, and I have done that before in the past. Um, but I just find that, you know, I will pray, and then I'll read the next Psalm uh, before I get into whatever it is I'm studying at the time. And I find that 
just really helpful as a way of staying grounded in the Psalms. It means that I do get to read them, uh, the book of Psalms a couple of times and a little bit more every year as well. But wonderfully, um, just probably about um, or nearly two years ago, I think, I was, having, I was reading a, a tiny little book by Don Whitney called Praying the Bible. And wouldn't you know it, straight in there, about the same time that I've said to God, how do I actually manage to do this, God? Um, he has this little system. I love systems. You've probably figured that out by now. Um, because routine is powerful. Real, routine makes things happen. Uh, and so he has this little system of, order, of using the numbers of the Psalms to keep track of where you're up to. I'm going to try and explain it. I'm not very good at explaining this, but basically all you do is you look at the number of the psalm. Um, so if it's Psalm 21, uh, I'll say 31 actually. If it's Psalm 31, then the number one is there, and you would read that one on the first day of a month. 32 on the second day of the month, 33 on the third day of the month, etc. And so you're just following the numbers of the psalms for the days of the month. The complication just comes, so it doesn't matter which month you start, you just, you know, if you started at Psalm 1, you just carry on, uh, but there should be a 1 on the first of the month and a, you know, um, a 2 on the second, etc. Um, and then as you go on, of course, some months conveniently, inconveniently, have 31 days, and that will stuff up the system if you're then reading, you know, Psalm with a 1 in it on the 31st of January, that's going to mess your system up because then you'd be reading... Um, you know, the wrong number on the wrong day. So what you do is on the 31st of the month, you don't read the next psalm. You actually read a portion of Psalm 119. Those of you who know Psalm 119 know that that's brilliant because Psalm 119 is so long that otherwise when you get to the day where you've got to read Psalm 119, you better have a bit of time set aside uh, for it. So you just read a little bit of Psalm 119 on the 31st of the month. Um, and the rest of the year pretty much works. You've got to be a little bit creative around the 28th of February, moving straight to the 1st of March. But apart from that, it works really well. So what it means is, even if you lose your bookmark in the Psalms or you can't remember which one you read the day before, you, can, you always kind of know where you're up to. I know that sounds really crazily um, simple, um, but I've found that really helpful. And um, once again, it just means that it's a wonderful way to be exposed to that part of God's word all the time, uh, not, not just sort of that once every however many years you might get around to studying it as a book of the Bible or something like that. So that's all I'm really going to say about the Psalms. Um, and I suppose just as we close, um, my, my suggestion is that you think, just spend a bit of time considering um, God's word in your life and uh, how, you, how you read for depth. Uh, or are exposed to God's word for depth, for breadth, and um, whether the Psalms is something as well that you are engaging with or need to engage with or want to engage with, and whether there's something that you could do about that. Um, I do suggest you pray about it uh, to God. I think that you know all our circumstances are different, all of our routines are different, but he will have a way um, that it's going to work for you in your life. I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all model. Um, I've mentioned if you use daily notes, it might be something to consider just going freeform and, and trying that. Or maybe you've done that and gone back to notes because that works better. Um, but, you know, it might be something you want to give a go. And if you've never read the Bible all the way through, then I really encourage you to consider doing that sometime. Beginning of a new year is often a good time uh, to do that uh, or think about that, and that's coming up fairly soon. 
and maybe you want to do what I do and, and use audio rather than reading if it's a, something extra. Um, Sue, if you don't mind putting that next one up, thank you. So just ultimately, um, I guess a reminder that the goal here is not for us all to be excellent Bible readers. Um, that would probably just make us Pharisees, really. The goal here is to be conformed to Christ. Uh, it's to be in relationship with God, our Father. It's to be open to his Holy Spirit and doing good works prompted by faith. Our goal here is to reach maturity and to be fit for heaven. So reading God's word not only offers us refreshment, wisdom, joy, enlightenment, warning and reward, but it actually does open us to the very heart and the very thoughts of God himself. What a precious thing it is and how blessed we are to have the very word of God. So my prayer is that we don't take it for granted, that we use it little by little, and that we grow in our understanding of it and our love for it. Next week I'm going to be speaking about um, meditating on God's word, so we'll go a little bit more into that then, but that's probably enough for this morning on those three things, and I think we might just close uh, with a word of prayer. Lord, I think so often we do take it for granted that we have your word, and when we stop and think about just the reality of that, um, it is remarkable, just remarkable, that we have the, your very words to us um, that express your ways and that express your wisdom and your heart and your love and your whole grand plan uh, from creation right through um, to you sending your son to die for us, to rise again so that we could have this life with you, that we could know you, um, and Lord, even the rest of the plan that has unfolded and yet still unfolding, that we're yet to see uh, where one day we will be with Christ, who's now reigning at your right hand. Lord, how amazing that you have provided this for us so that we can know um, not just what's happened, but what is happening and what will happen. Lord, I pray that all of us will... Um, take that seriously, but also um, take the privilege of that and, and get into your word and just enjoy it, uh, not to see it as a chore or a job to be done, Lord, but as a wonderful um, way of meeting with you and getting to know you more. Lord, I pray that all of us in our own individual circumstances that you will speak into those and that you will show us how we can uh, read and listen to or be exposed and study more of your word uh, day by day, little by little, Lord, so that we can um, really delve deeply, but that we can also understand the breadth of your word and so that we can also engage in some of those, those beautiful songs and prayers, Lord, of, uh, of your people that are captured and, and collected together as well in the Psalms. We pray, Lord, that you will use your word to shape us to mould us, to direct us, to warn us, um, and also, Lord, to reward us as well as we seek after you. Um, and, Lord, may that always be our goal. May we not be doing it for anything really in and of ourselves, but for your sake and for your glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. 
Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing, intergenerational, and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.